You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. You throw down $5 on any NFL game, you win, you get 200 bucks in free plays. It's worth it. You know what else is also worth it? One of the true legends of the Arizona coaching scene, and that's Sal Point coach, ex-Sal Point coach, Dennis Benet. Uh, Dennis is retired now, but uh, first of all, coach, before we get into things, why don't you fill the people in a little bit on how you've been? Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I've uh, I've been good. Uh, spending a lot more family time, traveling a little bit more, and uh, and uh, spending some time with uh, my daughter and my wife who are in Tucson, and and then visiting my son in New York who's going to school. So things are good. Staying busy and and enjoying life. Great. Okay, you're when you look at the amount of talent that you were able to coach. There's basically two coaches in the city that I think that have. You and Vern Friedley, as far as guys that have just coached next level after next level talent. Um, tell me a little bit about how, because Sal Point was always a good school before you got there, but tell me how you were kind of able to build it into that next level type, just dominant situation where it controlled the city. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we had a lot to offer and I tried to you know, first and foremost, get parents to understand that, you know, South Point would provide a great faith-based education and prepare their son for college. And then, you know, once we could get them on campus, um, then, you know, I told them that we were playing the best schools in the state, they would get great exposure. And that, um, you know, luckily early on, I had a player named John Caduce who was recruited heavily by Notre Dame and he put, he really put our program on a national map. And, um, you know, once John, um, you know, kids saw John being, a, uh, recruited nationally, you know, we, we really started to build our program, you know, with these, with the linemen. And I think for the past 20 years, our program was really known as a phenomenal lineman we had. And, and then that just snowballed into, you know, obviously we were winning, you know, I mean, I'm very proud of the fact that over the last 20 years, you know, we won 80% of our games. So, you know, a combination of a lot of hard work, obviously you had to win and then having great kids. Okay. So let's talk about some of those kids. You talked about John Caduce at first goes off to Notre Dame. Even, I mean, you had guys like, you know, even your son, uh, or, uh, excuse me, uh, Rocco Benet, you had uh, Jack Darlington, you had a lot of different guys that kind of got it going. And then by kind of the mid to late two thousands, you start getting your Cam Densons, your players like that, that have real national pull. Was that just basically the metamorphosis from building it from the foundation? And then people are like, wow, I want to go be part of that. Yeah. I mean, we, we, um, in the early two thousands, you know, I had, I had some really good quarterbacks, you know, Tyler Grunke, mm -hmm. who played for June Jones at Hawaii. You know, he played in the sugar bowl and, uh, my son, um, we had some tremendous linemen and we had a lot of kids who were going to like the Ivy leagues and the one double A's and, um, and we were just very successful. Uh, we had, you know, an unrelenting and unapologetic weight room program, which I, you know, would tell kids like, you know, we're gonna, you know, you could play multiple sports at South point, but if you're gonna play football, you will spend, uh, the year in the weight room. And so, um, once we started to do that, yeah, then we started to pick up, you know, a Chris O'Dowd, a Cam Denson, a Jacob R. Zuman, you know, kids that went, eventually went on to play, um, you know, at Division One schools. And, um, and we were very, very blessed to 
have that continue uh, attracting, you know, the best kids in the city to South Point. Okay, so over the last uh, three to four years, South Point, I mean, you guys were already on the map, but when you produce a guy like a Bijan Robinson, who you can tune into uh, college game day and Kirk Herbstreet saying that this is the best running back in the country. You've got a Lathan Ransom then who's the starting safety at Ohio State. You've got a Bruno Fina at UCLA. You got a Jonah Miller at Oregon. You got a Mateo Mele at Washington. I mean, it's really kind of a just an embarrassment of riches. Uh, my question is this when you got these kids on campus, when you first started coaching them, did you know immediately what these kids would become? Did it take a little bit while from a, your head coaching perspective, when you're looking at these players, what were kind of your initial impressions when they hit campus? No, that's a good question. You know, obviously for some of them, you could tell right away, you know, Chris O'Dowd was, um, was really athletic for a big kid. You know, he came in at, you know, six, four and he left at six, six, um, you know, Cam, you could see, you see the talent that, that Cameron had early. And, and uh, we, we brought him up to the varsity as a freshman because he played some lower level. We started him at the lower levels, but he was so bored. Uh, we brought him up to the varsity right away. And then, you know, by, by the time Cameron was a senior, you know, in my opinion, he was the best player in the state of Arizona. And he's probably the best player I've ever coached because he was so dominant on offense and defense. I mean, his senior year, he was the best wide receiver and the best DB um, in the state. And obviously he led our team to a state championship, but, you know, and then came like guys like uh, Mateo Mele, who's now at Washington, you know, he came on as a big athletic, we started him at tight end. Once we moved him to O-line, you know, his recruiting blew up because college coaches could see, gosh, here's another 6'6", really athletic kid. And then, you know, lastly, like a Lathan and a Bijan, yeah, they were so dominant early on that, you know, it was a no-brainer. And, and so their recruiting um, was, was, was pretty crazy, to be honest with you. Okay, so I want to get into that recruiting. But first, you guys should know about DraftKings. As we talked about, you throw down five bucks, you win an NFL game, you get $200 in free plays. Doesn't get much better than that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And you know what? If you got a gambling issue, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. And you know what? You can't bet on high school games, but if you could, you'd want to bet the over on a lot of Dennis Benet's Sal Point teams because they were probably going to be going over with their offenses. Okay, Coach. Mm-hmm. So you've got now – Everybody in the city has asked me over the years, and you coached all these guys, how come some of these kids aren't in Arizona? And the more informed fan will look and they'll ask me, they'll say, why in the world is Arizona not Lathan Ransom's first offer or Bruno Fina's first offer? Take me through kind of those years because you were right there, obviously. Yeah, and I and I look at, you could put these kids in like four categories, right? So there's the kids the U of A offered and they've worked out. There's the kids that the U of A offered and they haven't worked out. There's the kids the U of A offered and they went elsewhere. And then there's the kids that the U of A passed on. So unfortunately in the last 20 years, I'd say most of the kids fall in, you know, those latter three categories, you know, take Derek Bush, for instance, you know, he's a tremendous corner playing for coastal Carolina, right? And um, for us, 
You know, he was long, athletic, and he was right in their backyard. And everybody around him could see what a great athlete he was. Donovan Alumba is another one. You know, Donovan Alumba, you know, NFL. for two or three years was on the Dallas. Yeah, in the NFL. And so, you know, it was just um, um, I think the recruiting just wasn't as tenacious as it should have been. You know, for example, when when the schools were recruiting Bijan and Lathan, Mike, when I tell you LSU, Ohio State, Texas, UCLA, USC, I mean, they were at South Point weekly. You know, when Chris O'Dowd went to USC, um, Pete Carroll and his staff, I mean, they would be on their private plane and they'd be at South Point once a week like every time i turned around pete carroll and lane kiffin you know were in the weight room like checking out um christopher you know and their o-line coach at the time was always at south point so these big schools that go after these kids they're relentless relentless in their recruiting and you know it just that just i never felt um the u of a uh really went after some of these kids as hard as they should have yeah, so let's kind of go in a timeline. I was talking with, uh, and we talked about this on the phone a little bit, but I was talking with Kadeem Carey. And, you know, Kadeem Carey, you know you know from coaching in Arizona that he was not exactly a secret. It wasn't like he snuck up on anybody. And I asked Kadeem about his recruiting, and he said, you know, honestly, it really annoyed me that ASU offered me before Arizona. And this is back in the mid-2000s. You go after Blake Martinez, slow played by Arizona until the very end, signs with Stanford. And that's even before we get this absolute rush of talent that's at South Point, where Arizona coaches clearly didn't learn that we better take care of our backyard first. Yeah, no question. I mean, Blake's a great example where, I mean, he was such an unbelievable player, so dominant. I mean, I can remember standing next to him when he was – a senior in high school and I couldn't believe just how big he was, how thick he was. Um, and, uh, you know, the U of A was late on him. And so he ended up going to Stanford. Obviously he's just had a great career, but, um, again, it, it, you know, I think Kirby smart and Dan Mullen just kind of had a little, a little, uh, you know, debate over recruiting, you know, after this Georgia Florida game, how, you know, Kirby is, came out and said, you know, coaching can't beat recruiting. Like you got to have dudes and I don't care what level you're at. You know, we were so successful at South Point because we, you know, had great players. I had a tremendous staff and we had a tremendous strength and conditioning program. So, you know, at the end of the day, recruiting, you know, is your, is, is, you know, the lifeblood of college football. You've got to identify these guys. And I just think, you know, more resources should be poured into recruiting to identify kids, get those kids that, you know, um, just jump off the film, get them offered um, and, and, and stay on those kids. You know, you have to make them feel like Arizona is a place that they can um, uh, reach their goals of uh, playing in the NFL because all these high end kids want to go to the NFL. I mean, that's the end game for those guys. Right. All right. Let's go through Mateo Melee a little bit. He was the offensive lineman for you. You talked about how his recruiting took off. He's at Washington now. And this is a kid by all and by all accounts, he should have been a priority recruit 
for Arizona from day one for a majority of reason for a majority of reasons there, Coach. Yeah, they you know, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to bang on the U of A because there are kids right. that don't want to go to the U of A. You know, there are kids mm-hmm. that want to leave, but Mateo's grandfather played for the U of A. You know, Mateo was um, in our backyard, but at the time, you know, the coaches, um, you know, they just slow played Mateo and then they never established that relationship with him. And so, you know, uh, he had about 20 offers and I knew he wasn't going to the U of A because he, he just never built a relationship. You know, there was never that, um, you know, there was never that relationship between coach and player. You know, when Texas was recruiting Bajan, you know, and I think it really came down to Ohio State and Texas for Bajan. And let me tell you, those running back coaches at each of those schools just daily, you know, were working on their relationship with Bajan. The other the other school was UCLA because I thought Deshaun Foster did a tremendous job recruiting Bajan. And um, but it was about, about building a relationship with those players. And that was just never really done with Mateo. And it could have been so easy especially with his um, grandfather being, you know, a former uh, U of A football player. Yeah. And coach to piggyback on your point, um, you're, you're definitely not putting down Arizona. I think just a lot of people are frustrated with where the program's been. And a lot of people look at it and they say, you know, South Point's producing kids left and right. Why aren't they, why aren't they there? And I think that you're, you're given the reason why in the past that a lot of these kids didn't show up there. Like you said, some kids aren't just going to go there, but in my opinion, and you know a lot more than me, let's just say, for example, Bijan Robinson can go anywhere in the nation that he wants. I'm of the opinion from an outsider that, you know what, even if he commits, you recruit that kid till the very end, he's five minutes away and you need to, I mean, and even if you don't get him, it sets a template at least for the next Bijan Robinson out there. Yeah, 100%. Like, you have to be relentless, relentless. And and again, you know, I, I said this earlier. When when Lathan and Bijan, we had um, um, Bruno, UCLA, LSU, Texas, Ohio State, I mean, they were at South Point, like, it seemed like every day, like, they were at practice, they were constantly in contact, they were relentless in their pursuit, like, relentless in their pursuit of these kids, and, you know, you have to recruit that kid until he looks you in the face and says no, and, um, you know, Bijan was really open, because Rich Rod offered Bijan early and offered him first, and I think, you know, maybe if uh, Rich was still at the U of A, things might have turned differently because, you know, Bijan was really, really thrilled to get offered first and early by Rich. And um, and I and I had um, and still do have a really good relationship with Rich. Um, you know, one of the things that's obviously hurting U of A is, is just the turnover in coaching, the inconsistency. And so, you know, players aren't sure, um, you know, what's happening. But no question to your point. Um, you have to stay on these kids to the very last minute. I mean, until they, you know, that they've turned, turned in an, an NOI somewhere else. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's the bottom line. 
The great thing here at the AZ Wildcats podcast and Go PHNX is that we get a lot of really cool guests, and uh, Dennis Benet is certainly one of them. We're getting Dalen Terry from the basketball team tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you uh, stay locked on here at AZ Wildcats podcast. Okay, Coach, I wanted to ask one more recruiting question, and then we got a lot of comments here from people that want to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Um, Bruno Fina is one other guy that to me kind of encapsulates the issues with Arizona recruiting being that everybody knows he's John Fina's son. John Fina was a late bloomer. You could make the case that Bruno Fina was maybe a little bit of a late bloomer. And Oh, by the way, UCLA and USC offer him before Arizona. Even if you don't think you're going to get a kid, in my opinion, that just can never happen coach. Yeah, that was a difficult one, you know, obviously. And John was a late bloomer, you know, um, and, uh, and, and Bruno, no different, you know, but um, I'll never forget this. It was about 6 a.m. It was a winter workout. I think it was one of our very first workouts where colleges could be, were allowed to come to campus. It was in the dark. We were on the practice field with the lights on and the UCLA O-line coach was, uh, actually there, probably, I think he was there probably looking at uh, Bijan and Lathan and, and he asked about Bruno. And I just said, listen, the, the kid's going to be a dude one day. He's, he's, uh, he just, he, you know, he needs a couple years to mature, but his dad was phenomenal and a 10 year, you know, 12 year NFL vet. And, and um, you know, that's how the, how I got started for, for Bruno and they never stopped recruiting him from that day forward. Um you know, it's, uh, you know, Bruno being a, you know, uh, you know, kind of a, a legacy kid with, 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 with John's great history at the U of A. Yeah. You, you never want to lose a kid like that because, you know, the flip side too, is it's not, it's not, I've, I've been frustrated when I thought the U of A has passed on kids because, because maybe they didn't fit the height and weight, um, you know, uh, parameters, but, these kids are high character kids, A students, um, kids that are great in the locker room, kids that, you know, are first in the weight room and last to leave, kids that are coming from a winning program, kids that want to play at the University of Arizona. I mean, we've had some kids that their dream school is the U of A, and the U of A has passed on them, and they've maybe offered other kids that, quite honestly, weren't as good. And so, right. um, again, it's a very tough process. It's not easy, but I hope uh, Coach Fish and the guys here now um, can turn it around. Okay, so let's get to some questions because we got a lot of them, and I knew this was going to be the first one. You answered this earlier, Coach, but I figured I'd let you go into it. Um, Nick Howard says, who was the best player you ever coached? Yeah, and I know this is going to be a little bit controversial, but the best player I ever coached was Cameron Denson just because he was so dominant on both sides of the ball. Now, the most talented is Bijan Robinson. You know, Bijan had has God-given ability and um, that uh, just off the charts. But during my time at South Point, there was no one better than Cameron. He dominated uh, big school football in the state of Arizona on both sides of the football. Right. Okay. And then here's another one that I thought would be uh, the, um, that was going to be asked. And I'm actually curious to hear what you have to say. Andre Veras says, who was the best Tucson player you ever faced, Coach? Uh, the best Tucson player I ever faced. Um, well, that's a good question. Um, 
there was a lineman, I uh, forgot his name. He was back in the day at CDO. He ended up going to ASU. Um, um, I know who you're talking about, too. Um, uh, shoot. I know who you're talking about, too. It's going to drive me up a wall. But, yes. Um, yeah. I th- so he – where? He, go ahead. He was tremendous. And then um, – uh, and then, uh, gosh, what's his name? But he was, he was really, really good. Played for Pat Nugent at CDO. And, and then, um, there was a running back at Buena. Gosh, I, Jamal, I should know their name. Jamal Womble. Jamal. Yeah. I yeah. went to North Carolina. Jamal Womble, his senior year was insane. Like mm-hmm. we could not stop him. We could not stop. We won that game. And I don't know how, cause I think he rushed for like 300 yards and then, um, Flanagan fouls. Um, at Tucson High, he was the only kid in 2013 that I thought shut uh, Cameron down. And I told the, the guys when they asked me, you know, the coaches would come into my office and say, hey, coach, who are the other guys in town you like? And I said, there's a, there's a DB at Tucson High who's, who I think is unreal, and he's the only kid that stayed toe-to-toe with Cameron all year. And um, so I would say those three. I know I'm missing some, but those three are pretty dang good. And then lastly, J- Jamari. I mean, Jamari, uh, what he did his senior year uh, was just incredible. I thought Jamari was, you know, was one of the best athletes, best dual threat quarterbacks uh, that I'd ever seen. Was Jamari, because you obviously coached him his freshman year, was he, when he showed up there, because very rarely at South Point, a school like you have, do you have a guy that comes in immediately and is able to play quarterback like that to a certain extent? Was Jamari as good a young player as you've ever seen in the city? And Cameron uh, Denson, you know, was a little thin boned, and that's why I, I was worried when they put him at DB because I just didn't think he had the structure to play defensive back, you know. Um, and I thought he was just a better wide receiver. But Jamari is just built different, you know. He's he's um, he came in and and uh, and was just you know the, his size, his speed, you know, he could actually throw the ball uh, really really well. We worked on his mechanics and quite fun. Right. Christina Pena, his mother just said, we love coach Benet. Please tell him we said, please tell him we just said hi. Yeah. Christina's great. And, uh, you know, I have nothing but love for, for her family, Jamari and, uh, um, just, uh, just a tremendous, tremendous kid. Okay, I think Nick Howard makes an interesting point here that I th- think a lot of people don't quite ask, and it's an interesting question. How does the recruiting process work, Coach? Do coaches come to the player, the team coaches first? How exactly, when a team was reaching out to you, how how did that go about? How did how did that recruiting process go? Well, a lot of times, you know, you have to, as a coach, you know, I took – that was one of the things where I – you know, like I'll tell you, for instance, today – I sent a, uh, I think there's a young lineman. He actually plays for job, uh, Jay Dobbins. His name's Jack and Dean, you know, he's six, six, two seventy, And, um, uh, I, I talked to 10, uh, coaches today, uh, about him because, um, I had sent out his highlight film, uh, to them. You know, I've still have relationships with a lot of guys. And so, um, I think that, 
you know, the recruiting process uh, should be initiated by the high school coach, you know, and you want to, um, you're, you're trying to uh, get your guys out there. And so um, it's really easy now because of all the, the, the quick access to digital video, you have to put a quick highlight together guy, you know, college coaches, though, they have about, they literally have about, they'll spend a minute, maybe two minutes looking at this tape. So this kid's got to pop right away. If they like them, they'll contact you and then the ball's rolling. It's, it's not as difficult as you, as you think. Um, but there are kids that you have to really, really push, you know, uh, Derek Bush ended up at coastal Carolina because one of the coaches was a former player of mine. And I said, man, don't look at this kid. He, he can play all night long. And, and uh, so we got him to coastal Carolina. And so again, if you have relationships with the guys in college, it does help. And, um, you know, thank goodness that, uh, my staff and I, uh, you know, my former head head coach, Al Alexander was, uh, had a great influence, um, on the recruiting process at South point because he had built so many good relationships with guys across the country as well. Where would you put the talent level in the state right now? Because I remember the difference to me between now and 20 years ago is immense coach. I mean, you can, I mean, you look and you know, it's unheard of in 2000 to have 40 kids in any graduating class that were going to become power five players. We're kind of at that point now where, you know, Tucson's getting what, six, seven, uh, Phoenix is going to get 30 in your outlying areas. To me, you know, Arizona and ASU, even though a lot of kids in state want to leave, I mean, you've got a, you've got a well of material to be able to go to from here. Yeah, Arizona's really in the last twenty years really come a long ways. We've had some really high profile quarterbacks, which has um, helped obviously with Spencer Rattler and then uh, uh, the kid, uh, the Purdy kid. Mm-hmm. I think the Purdy brothers, you know, who have done really well at Iowa State and I think Florida Slow State. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Who at USC and um, so, but Ty some Thompson linemen have kid. come out. Yeah, Ty. Yeah, I mean, he you know led Mesquite to a four A state championship. He's tremendous, and so we the talent. I mean, the talent. When I tell you, especially up in the valley, is insane. You know, we would when uh, Bijan and Lathan senior year, we went up to an ASU seven on seven tournament, and and uh, the, the the talent, the amount of talent on the field at any one time, like there was always like seven to ten legitimate d1 guys and so um um and obviously you know arizona is not a secret anymore there there's kids all over and um and they don't necessarily have to be at the biggest schools um you know i think uh guys who do their homework uh you know gary bernardi was a former arizona coach he was at Mm -hmm. colorado for a long long time he used to come to south point every year every year he would never miss a spring football and look for kids and just scour Tucson. And, um, you know, it was guys like that that always had the best success because, again, they were unrelenting in their pursuit of uh, talent. All right, Coach. So um, we're going to let you go on, but I wanted to ask you a couple, I want to ask you a couple more follow-up questions. Um, one thing, too, as we talked about, DraftKings, you're not on there. You should be on there. Throw down five bucks. It wasn't an NFL game. You get $200 in free plays. Coach, do you dabble in that at all? Yes, I uh, I have a DraftKings account. I love it. Uh, last night, um, 
I took uh, Ohio over Miami of Ohio. I took uh, the Lakers, and I took the Suns. So I had a great night on DraftKings last night. Well, Coach, do you have any picks for the people out there this week? And again, Coach isn't guaranteeing they'll hit, but you know what? Do you got any picks out there, Coach? Uh, no, I haven't looked, man. I haven't looked, um, but last night was was definitely fun. Uh, I've, I've, I think the DraftKings uh, app is is tremendous and and by far my favorite. So um, great sponsor to be to be uh, lined up with, Mike. For for sure, for sure. Okay, Coach. Um, couple questions, and then we'll uh, we can't thank you enough for your time. Um, what would you say then if you're to Jed to Jed Fish or to any Arizona staff about the importance of recruiting locally and to go about how would you go about doing it if you were the head coach of the U of A coach? Well, I'd have a bit, you know, I'd have, I'd have, uh, you got to put resources into it. So you have to have people, um, you know, going to every high school in the state. And I mean, every high school in the state and, uh, and then, you know, building a board and then from there identifying kids and then building relationships, not only with the players, but with the coaches, you know, because it's really, uh, you know, uh, the, the relationship, uh, in, in that recruiting process with the high school coaches is pretty, is pretty important, very important because you spend so much time in contact with them. And, um, and then I would, um, you know, once you're in high school, um, you know, and you identify a kid that you think fits into your program, uh, you, you've got to make them feel a part. You got to, you got to make them feel that you want them, invite them to program to, to, uh, campus, get them on the sidelines, get them to camps, get them to, you know, any type of, anytime you can get them on your campus and show them. I mean, I think the U of A has tremendous facilities, right? It's a beautiful campus. You're in the PAC 12, um, uh, but but you got to be relentless in it. You you, you you know you can't just see a school, uh, you know, stop by and then hey and, and you know we'll see you three four months later. And that's what happens. And 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 those schools, you know, nine out of ten times will lose out. You know because you've got twenty other schools that are in are in my ear or in the kids' ear. You know on a daily weekly basis and and invariably those kids are going to end up at those schools. Coach, um, the great thing about being here is we get guys like you, you know, the dawn of the Arizona coaching scene on here on the AZ Wildcats podcast. Check out GoPHNX. And, uh, Coach, you gave the best range of DraftKings that we've had from any guest. So, you know what? Well, we might, we might uh, be using that at some point. But um, I can't thank you enough, my man, and we would love to have you on again here shortly. You were fantastic. Oh, thanks, Mike. Uh, anytime, man. It's been an honor. I love what I love what you do, and uh, you've been doing great things for a long time. So keep it up, and um, all the best. Uh, uh, and uh, again, thanks for having me. It's been an honor, brother. Appreciate the kind words. We'll talk to you soon, Coach. All right, thank you. Take care.